Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, Christina. Hi, Chelsea. How's it going? Do you need to ask? The listeners should know. Okay. Not, I mean, listen. Chelsea's not good. Not great. She's not in like, I don't know how to describe Chelsea's exact state of being right now, but it's not present. The lights are not on and no one is home. <laughs> I'm like here physically. All right. Barely. Yes. <laughs> physically here. Where are you spiritually? Somewhere capitalism doesn't exist, I hope. Fair. All right. That's fair. That's that's all I've got to say to that one. Yeah. Chelsea's going to be... She said, I am ready as much as I can be. And I am... <laughs> and she said it in such a way that I could see the emptiness in her eyes. And I was like, oh, buddy, okay. And I'm concerned because you already told me that you're you're... You have seven pages. Yeah. I And usually when you've got seven pages, it's not fun. I would no, this one I was trying to find like an interesting topic for you. Okay, okay. Yeah. I wanted to have something that was a little more lighthearted than, you know, horrible cult stuff. A little more interesting at least. Usually when it's long, it's not lighthearted. So that's good news at least. <laughs> Hopefully you find it enjoyable. Welcome everyone to Cults, Cryptids, and Crises where one or both of us is usually going through it every episode. Usually both of us, to be honest. Like, the fact that it's just me this time is uh, as good as it gets. I would disagree strongly. I think it's usually only one of us. Is it really? I think it's only one of us at a time. Usually both of us are not going through it at the same time. I think you're just better at hiding it. <laughs> That's entirely possible. But for All real... Right. Everyone, welcome to Cults, Cryptids, and Conspiracies, the podcast where we discuss everything that is mysterious, strange, funny, or depressing, or, you know, just whatever we feel like. Cults, Cryptids, and Conspiracies, usually. 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 Uh, and before we get to the meat of this podcast, we have a segment that we like to call the Bummersville Sometimes, where we talk about stuff that had happened within, like, the last week or so that are either updates on past topics that we have done, or something that is like tangently related to the the topics of this podcast or sometimes updates on topics that we keep saying we will eventually do in the future. I like that in previous episodes we discussed about you putting a pause after you say Bummersville sometimes so Mal can put the little sound thing in and you did it once and then that was thrown <laughs> out the window. You were like, no. Listen. <laughs> Never again. Listen, I... 
fuck <laughs> anyway yeah yeah that's been the mood of today apparently yeah so tell us tell us the sometimes chelsea all right first off i'm gonna give you something that i don't know i found it it's fun because i i want more lighthearted stuff i'm tired of the constant q on updates you're the one who says them I know there there are some in this episode though just FYI but okay. first up we have this headline which is just woman camping finds either cryptid or pervert in a tree watching her tent at 3 a.m. <laughs> is this from Reductress? No, it's it's from like a news site they have they have footage the footage and she's like I don't know if this is a human or a cryptid and I'm like well <laughs> I've got an idea it's probably just a creep but if you want to think to yourself that this is a cryptid to make yourself feel better, I think that's fine. I do like the idea, the dichotomy of cryptid or pervert. Let me see if I can show you the image. I've had problems with trying to show you images. Okay, here we go. This is the image that I am given okay. of the cryptid or uh, creep. This does look like a man crouched in a tree or it does. It looks like some kind of unholy creature. It could be one exactly. or the other. Exactly. That's it is, what, is it a creep or a cryptid? It is hard to say. It is hard to say. So, but, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but then there's also, all right, QAnon believers have new batshit theories about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So now apparently they're deciding that uh, JFK Jr., who did not show up in Dallas last week, like they said he was going to, uh, is actually Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mick Jagger has been replaced by Michael Jackson. I mean, at this point, why not? Fuck it. Just throw shit at the wall. Have fun with it, guys. You know? I'm beginning to be worried about the le- levels of brain rot we're seeing here, you know? I, I, you know, I'm like past that. Like, not necessarily that I'm not worried, but I was so worried like two years ago mm-hmm. that I'm now at the point where I'm just like, here we are but it's like like at least make it fun (laughs) (laughs) it was at a a worrisome point before but it was like oh these people i don't understand them they're believing this stupid stuff now it's at a point where like legitimately are you good though christina you say that but the QAnon movement started from a man showing up in a pizza place with a gun no i'm aware i'm aware okay but the fact that this is now pervasive of you know the members of the Rolling Stones are, in fact, deceased people that we think are going to come back and help us, like, I don't know, second coming of Christ or whatever. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of them just also won't leave Dallas now, which... Sorry, Dallas. Yeah, rip Dallas. <laughs> the forgotten lands now. I don't know if they've decided that the new date is, like, the actual anniversary of JFK's assassination. Who knows? That'll come and pass. We'll see what happens. I think that's the 25th? 22nd it's the 20 something of november i can't remember what day okay also fun history fact the the same day that jfk was assassinated actually it was the day after was the first day doctor who premiered on television coincidence i think (laughs) not (laughs) anyway so that's fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh we've also got okay so for those of you that don't know there was like a pretty fucking big event that happened this weekend Astro World, which is uh, which is a, a festival that I guess has it is in its like third year that's put on by Travis Scott. Fucking horrific event happened. A lot of things happened um, to lead to what it what the police claimed uh, caught that the police called it a mass casualty event. Eight people died. There are still I think 
13 people in the hospital, three, uh, 300, over 300 people were injured. There's a lot of reports going around about what exactly happened. It looked like what happened was that there were just too many people inside because security failed to stop people from coming, from rushing the gate. Like there are videos of people just fucking taking apart the gates that were around the festival and just rushing in. So there was just way too many people there. People were crushed in the crowd. There's some reports of there being like someone's injecting people with drugs, which anytime one of those reports comes up, I like never believe it until I see some like fucking physical evidence presented to me because that shit's such it's on the same level as like check your kids Halloween candy. Yeah. They're going to put drugs in it. I'm like, no, they're fucking not. It's like urban legend kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There is a possibility that there were drugs being sold that were possibly laced with something that they shouldn't have been. Always be very always be very careful with drugs that you buy guys and always have uh, i think it's called narcon always have that available to you just in case uh have someone nearby that has it it's actually good for anyone to carry it just in case you can get you can get some of it for free and it helps people who are in the middle of a drug overdose but in QAnon fashion with any event horrific event like this that happens of course there's some kind of fucking conspiracy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in this instance it's that uh so travis scott lost his shoe at a swiss concert six years ago in 2015 And apparently that was a signal that he would be involved in some future staged event. This crush happened exactly 119 days after the day he lost his shoe on July 9th. 119911 equals fakery. Why is him losing his shoe a signal that he's going to be in something? I don't know. At least he wasn't eating pizza on stage. Fuck, I don't fucking know. I don't understand how that signals something is going to be faked. 75% of the time when they're like, this is signaling that this is going to be a fake event. It doesn't make any sense. I think they just make it up in that moment. They do. They just make it up. And also like half the time, even then their dates are wrong. I don't know. I didn't look it up to see if the dates are wrong. I know there was an incident where like Travis Scott lost his shoe at a concert because he was crowd surfing and like a fan took it or something like that. I didn't look up the date. Mm -hmm. But yeah. (sighs) Because every every fucking mass tragedy has to be a goddamn false flag, apparently. Um, I'm actually shocked that this is the angle they're taking, and I haven't seen a QAnon angle about the drugs being injected. I've only seen the police try and perpetuate that. Okay, it's not working. People are not really buying it because, like, that doesn't it doesn't make sense. No, and it's kind of stupid. It is extremely stupid. Who's giving away drugs for free for a prank? Like, no yeah, one. Yeah, right. Like, no one's gonna. People pay for that. Yeah, the only people giving away drugs for free are drug dealers who are giving them to you for free so you get hooked, so you buy from them later. Anyway, uh, so that's that horrible thing. Thanks, QAnon. And now we have cultists claim pastor demanded sacrificial beheading of woman because, quote, she's a goat. That was quite a statement you just made. It is. I'm going to need more information about that. Sure. Uh, This is in Montego Bay, Jamaica. The late cult leader Kevin Smith had instructed one of his followers, 37-year-old Andre Ruddock, to decapitate a female church member after ordering Ruddock to slash her throat, according to an unnamed witness to the human sacrifice killings that took place in the Pathways International Kingdom Restoration Church, which I'm sure is a future topic. Yep. Write that down. Write that down. I I don't have the notebook. You do. It's metaphorical at this point. There's a spreadsheet that we follow. Fair. So Jamaica's director of the Office of Public Prosecutions detailed the macabre eyewitness accounts from survivors in a statement released Wednesday night. This was on this article is from November 4th. 
Um, the shocking accounts throw light on the bizarre world Smith had created with the com- within the confines of his church and the hellish nightmare he led his flock through that Sunday, which left three people dead. Smith died last Monday in a car accident. Too nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, alongside a police officer who was escorting him to the Kingsington to face mur- to Kings- Kingston, Jesus, to face murder charges. The statement identified the church members who died as a result of the October 17th ordeal as Tanika Gardner, Michael Brown, and Kavanaugh Palmer, all followers of the disgraced pastor. So this is like a recent thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean the fall I, of it is recent. I would assume so, considering it's in the weekly roundup that you, you're putting out. But... Well, I mean, I just thought that the the claim of the uh, like the claim coming forward of like, oh, we definitely sacrificed a woman. I thought that was just the recent thing. Sometimes stuff about cults comes out years after the cult has disbanded. But this is literally within the last month. This whole debacle took place. And this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, me too. So that's horrific. We will have to look into that a lot. Yeah, that's all I've got for the Bummersville sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I got. Okay. All right. You said it at first like you had more to say, and then I watched you drift off. And I was like... I was trying to think if there was anything that I was recalling from the last week, and Mm -hmm. there wasn't. Nope. I think you got all the things that I was going to mention as well, which was mostly the Rolling Stones thing. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Yeah. Mascending. We're going to move on from that, listener. We're going to go into the, the meat the hopefully entertaining meat of this podcast. But before we do that, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This topic today was recommended by our lovely Sylvie correspondent, Dr. Sylvie, Sylvie Kilgallen. She actually recommended this to me because it falls into one of my favorite weird history categories. Oh, is it the... Is it France in the 1600s? Literally, it is. It's France in the 1600s. Oh, I guessed correctly. (laughs) You did. Uh, I was waiting to see what you would guess. I wanted you to guess, but you got it in one. Yeah, it's France in the 1600s. Amazing. (laughs) They did some some real wacky stuff, you know? I originally wasn't... I knew about the story already, and I originally wasn't going to do it because Puppet History did it last month. And I think that they did a, a wonderful job at it. But then I reminded myself that some of our lovely listeners have not welcomed public his- puppet history into their lives. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then I wrote seven pages about it. Amazing. Yeah. You told me that. And that's when I was because you said, like, I wrote seven pages about it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. 
I didn't like, no, intend it's fine. to. I didn't intend to write seven pages. I fully intended for this to be just a four-page normal one, and then uh, I blinked, and it was midnight, and there were seven pages written. So, you know how it be sometimes. I yeah, I do know how it be sometimes. It's just I I don't remember if I said this before we started recording or after. It just always frightens me when you're like, I wrote seven pages because that usually means this is gonna suck, but it's not. You know, there's just there's just a lot of facts. And also, like, yeah, people die in this one, but it was in the 1600s, so we're good with it now. So, let's go into, first, some historical context. Ooh. Let's all zoom in on King Louis XIII, up to some mischief. He wanted to consolidate power to the throne and more centralizes, centralize France's authority. And one of the steps he took to do this was ordering that the exterior walls of cities be demolished. City walls can help people inside the city defend against attack, including attack from the French army if they happen to be rebellious. So this, pretty predictably, was not a popular decision. Right. A group of Calvinist Protestants known... Okay, it's it's been a while since I horribly mispronounced some French stuff. So it's spelled Huguenots. I am positive that's not how it's said. Okay. But I also think this is the only time I say it, the whole story. So there's this group of Calvinist Protestants who are particularly against this order to tear the walls down. In the town of Loudon in Western France, this conflict pr practically like split the people down the middle. There was the Catholic population of the town, which was big in support of the crown. And we're all like, heck yeah, take the walls. We don't need them. Except for one notable exception. There was a priest by the name of Urban Grandier, and he was not about it. Okay. We're going to talk about Grandier a little bit. So okay. Grandier had become, he'd come to the local parish uh, and become the local parish priest of Loudon in 1617. He was 27, witty, and hot. Oh, okay. Multiple sources made note of him being very handsome. All right. Uh, this is going to be, put that in your pocket because it becomes a thing later. I will put that in my pocket. He was also a bit of a rebel, you know, as much as a Catholic priest can be a rebel. Yeah. Grande was an anti-royalist and he had written a whole ass book on why he thought it was stupid that priests had to be celibate. Tech, yeah. It is stupid. stupid. It is stupid. It's it kind of stupid. Yeah. You know? Technically, the book was published anonymously, but historians are like, yeah, Grandier did it. That also may be a little bit of foreshadowing for you. Okay, great. Grandier had also written a satire mocking the famous and powerful Cardinal Richelieu, who was the chief minister of France at the time. Okay. Richelieu was so powerful that he had a town named after him. Like, that's the level and influence this guy has. Okay. And of course, he was not a fan of this sexy young priest making fun of him. I'm just thinking about that. What was that fucking HBO show with Jude Law on it? Was it HBO? Yeah. Was it HBO? I don't know if it was HBO. I don't know if it was HBO, but I know what you mean. The young pope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Basically, imagine, if you will, everyone, imagine a young Jude Law as Urban Grandier, and I will enjoy that. Who's going to be Cardinal Richelieu? It's got to be an older dude who's kind of curmudgeon-y looking. Who's the guy? Charles Dance. Okay. All right. Uh, imagine yeah. him, but he's a French cardinal. Okay. So apparently Richelieu was known for holding a grudge. 
And that's going to be some more foreshadowing for you. And he was not a fan of Grandier. Now, Grandier had a friend named Louis Trichon, who was the king's prosecutor in Loudon. And okay. Louis Trichon had a daughter named Philippe. Philippe? Or is Philippe? I'm not sure how it's supposed to be pronounced. Well, if it's a daughter, isn't it? Yeah, if it's a daughter, isn't it Philippe? I think so, but the French okay. are weird. They don't... Oh, well, no, that's fair. Pronounce the last syllable, you know? Okay, yeah. So it could be Philippe? 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 Maybe? In okay. 1629, it was discovered that Felipe was pregnant. Oh. And it was highly suspected that Grandier was the father. Oh. This was not the first time he'd been accused of breaking the vow of chastity that he thought was stupid. This was, of course, a scandal in Loudon, and it made Grandier even more enemies around the town, uh, like, you know, in the form of powerful people, especially uh -huh. the Trichon family, who were like, you knocked up my daughter out of wedlock. I will I will murder you. And you also can't marry her because you're a priest. Oof. Yeah, Whole thing. that's rough, buddy. Yeah. Word and rumor was starting to spread around town of Grandier's exploits, which caused one very hilarious to me incident where Grandier called out a dude who was talking smack about him. And that dude then beat Grandier with a cane outside the church. Okay. <laughs> they took that to court. It was a whole thing. All right, sure. During this period, a new religious order spawned from the Catholic Church known as the Order of St. Ursula. A Ursuline convent had popped up in Loudon in 1960. Sorry, not 19. Why do I do that? 1626 is when it pops up. Time is fake. Time's fake. And by 1632, it had 17 nuns in residence. Oh, damn. The head of the convent, Prioress Jean de Angers, probably said that wrong. Eh, it's okay. Was she was a relatively young and charismatic nun. Ooh. All of the nuns were pretty young, actually. The average age of the convent was twenty-five. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So this is a lot of younger nuns. You know, like I feel like there's probably like mostly younger nuns, but like especially back then, like in the in the Yule days. In the grand scheme of nunneries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them are probably young, but we only ever think of like the old nuns now. Yeah. I feel like it's because you, when you think of nuns, you think of like pillars of virtue, chaste, wise. Like in our brains, I think people, well, not everyone, obviously, because sexy nun costume exists, but I feel like people uh, desexualize nuns and by the same hand people desexualize old women yeah so i think that's that's probably why speaking of nuns remember mother Teresa sucked ass that has nothing to do with this story that's just chelsea's no. psa well not literally she didn't well we don't know Maybe we don't did. know we don't know what she got up to so we have a convent uh the ursuline convent chock full of young nuns and they were cloistered in the convent which means that they didn't really like intermingle with the townsfolk, but that doesn't mean that they didn't hear news from the town. Jeanne herself apparently would stand at the gate and chat with people about all the local gossip. And the town was having a tumultuous time. What with the wall thing and the church scandals mm -hmm. and also, you know, the plague. The plague, yeah. The plague. Black plague was back. It kept coming in kind of waves. It had swept through and killed about a quarter of the population of Loudon. So people Oof. were a little on edge. Yeah. Understandably. None of the nuns yeah. got it. They were fine. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Grande didn't get it either. He was also fine. All right. On September 22nd of 1632, Sister Martha Duchamp Monique was asleep in her bed when all of a sudden she was awoken to a frightful vision. Ooh. Her confessor, Father Moussot, or Moussot, because you don't say the T, was standing beside her bed. And the issue with that was that Father Moussot had just died not too long ago. Kind of weird for him to be standing by her bed then. A little creepy, yeah. He begged Martha to pray for him before disappearing again. Sister Martha, of course, goes to Jean to tell her all about what happened. And Jean goes, you saw him too? Oh. Yeah. So this unleashed a floodgate of weird stuff happening at this convent. On the 23rd of September, a black orb was said to have manifested in the middle of the convent, which then flew around and knocked some nuns down. A few days later, someone said they saw a skeleton walking through the halls. Just a just generic skeleton? Just a, just a skeleton. Just a loose skeleton walking around. A loose skeleton. Somehow that makes... I hate that. <laughs> One loose skeleton. I don't like that. And most disturbingly of all, the nuns started to have some erotic visions. Oh. Erotic visions of Urban Grandier. Oh. The nuns had actually never met him, but they had heard about him. And like all the rumors about his, like, saucy apparitions spread through the Mm -hmm. convent. And the more nuns began to admit to having these erotic visions, including Prioress Jean. Oh, okay. Yeah. So things came to a head on October 1st, when seven of the nuns gathered in prayer about all the weird, spooky stuff that kept happening... And Jean said that she felt an invisible hand grasp hers. After the feeling passed, she opened her hand and found three hawthorn thorns lying in her palm. Is that is that something that's like like hawth okay. Like hawthorn, is that a plant or is, it is, is. that a symbolism for something? I was looking at I was thinking and wondering if it was, um, because it is a plant. Hawthorn is a yeah, tree. Okay. Okay. Uh, it does have thorns on the bark. And I'm not sure if it was intentional or not. The hawthorn tree in Christianity symbolizes the struggles the church had in suppressing pagan beliefs. Okay. I don't know if that's what they were going with. Because the hawthorn tree also symbolizes fertility. That's a whole other thing. There's like, if you want to, you can say that both interpretations of that symbolism make sense for this story. But also Mm -hmm. it could have just been nothing. Okay. The number three is also, uh, it commonly appears in incidents of alleged demon attacks and possessions as it's a mockery of the Holy Trinity. That's why when people Uh, are like, oh, I got scratched by a ghost, it's usually three, like scratches. Okay, okay. And this is my way of telling you, Chelsea, that the nuns started getting possessed by demons. Great. Amazing. Yes. See, I told you this was going to be fun. Is there death? At some point, yes. Okay, but we're like far enough away. We're far enough removed that it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that I just wanna, I just, I just wanna prepare myself like Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Is there any assault? No. Okay, then I think we're good. We're good. Yeah. So various nuns of the convent began to convulse in frightening and seemingly uncontrollable ways. It would describe that their heads whipped back and forth, knocking against their chests and backs rapidly as if they were broken or if they were headbanging. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. 
or if they were doing that too. Yeah. Um, the joints of their arms would twist all around and they would lie on the ground on their stomachs and bend back so their hands touched the bottom of their feet. Okay. And apparently their tongues turned black and swollen and were covered in, quote, pimples. Metal. Well, actually, that sounds really painful. It does. It sounds very uncomfortable. Also, some real bendy nuns. They're doing their calisthenics. Have you ever, are they pimples? Or have you ever gotten those, like, what are they called? Uh, like the bumps on your tongue? Can- are they canker sores when you're on their tongue? I mean, I. this was the 1600s, so who, yeah. God knows what they actually were. No, that's true. But I'm saying those can definitely, like, kind of look like pimples on your sure. tongue. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah. Who's to say? I think it was just basically like them saying there were bumps on their tongue. Right. Okay. A whole bunch of priests came to do some exorcisms. At first, there were only three nuns that were officially declared possessed, which Mm -hmm. has its own like diagnostic like thing. Um, There's certain signs you have to be, you have to show to be considered possessed. Okay. One of them is to do some kind of unnatural feat of strength or some other form of like maybe moving things that should you can't normally move, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Telekinesis is in there. Another thing is to exert some form of clairvoyance. And another thing is to speak in a tongue that you do not know. Okay. So is this is this true of like, so were you saying this is specifically demonic possession or is this any kind of possession? Because there's also stories of like people being possessed by the spirits of the angels and fucking whatever. From what I understand, this is just evil demonic possession. If you're possessed by okay. an angel, I think you can start to speak in tongues, but usually people are less freaked out about it. Well, yeah, okay. Mm. Is there like a is there like a, a sound difference in the tongues you're speaking? Maybe, like, maybe okay. there are. Maybe there's less phlegm if an angel possesses you. Maybe. Who's to say? Certainly not me. Certainly not me. One of the nuns who was officially declared possessed was Prioress Jean, who it's claimed had been seen walking on the roof of the convent. Mm -hmm. The priests tried to discover what demon was possessing her, because that's step two. First is figure out if they're really possessed. Step Mm -hmm. two, figure out which demon's doing it. And during the exorcisms, it came out that there were seven demons inhabiting her body. Lucky number. All taking up a different space. Did you say lucky? lucky? I did. I heard at first I heard lucky her. No, no. And I was like, Chelsea. No, lucky number. Lucky number seven. Uh, there was one demon in her forehead, one below her ribs on the right side, oh, one in her like stomach, etc. Okay. They yeah, were in they like were, different places. Okay. Yeah. Mm, they were like right. spread out over her body. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Three different exorcisms were done on Jean on October 3rd. By the end of them, she seemed to be cured of her afflictions. All right. However, the next day she spat communion back at the priest who gave it to her and denied the power of God. So. Ouch. Not really. Not, not great. Not great. By the fifth, more priests had come to Loudon and they were working together to solve this very stubborn possession problem. Platforms were built at the church, and every day the nuns, at first just the three, but then five more, became afflicted as well, mm-hmm. would be tied up and led to the platform where two to three priests would try to exercise them. When the normal people of Udon noticed this was happening, they started showing up to watch. I guess TV hadn't been around yet? No. Uh, you, there's, there's not a lot else to do. There's no radio? No. Okay. You have stick and hoop? You have um, try not to be eaten by a wolf. You have stick and cup. You have stick and cup. 
You have ball and cup. cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also have watching the priests try to exercise the possessed nuns. I think you also have public executions. That too. Yeah. That too. These became pretty public spectacles very quickly. The nuns would shriek and writhe and say all sort of blasphemous and quote unquote lewd things. They would scream in garbled Latin, bark at people, and expose themselves to the crowd. Wonderful. So all in all, like a pretty good time. Fun time for the whole family. Right. All the while, three dudes would be shouting at them, trying to get them to accept God into their hearts or whatever. I can honestly see why these things were popular. I would show up. The power of Christ compels you. Yeah. The power of Christ (laughs) compels you. While a woman, while a nun's barking at you. Amazing. So Ludon started to be started to get tourists who would show up just to observe the exorcisms. Awesome. The priests pressed the nuns for the name of the person who had worked their evil magics to possess them with demons. And October 11th, Jean, saying she was under the influence of the demon Azeroth, named Urban Grandier. Again, none of the nuns had actually met the man. And the closest Mm -hmm. connection that they had was that Grandier was suggested to be Sister Marth's confessor after the last one died. You know, the the ghost that appeared next to her bed? Mm -hmm. They originally were planning on Grandier being his successor and coming to the the convent to get confession from the nuns, but he decided not to do it. He didn't want to do it. Okay. That's the closest connection they had to this man. All right. Hmm. Okay. Jean claimed that Grandier had left a bouquet of musk roses at the foot of the convent steps, which had been tainted with dark magic. And that's how the demons got in. I feel like that's so broad. Like dark magic is such a... like. I feel like we got to get more specific about what kind of dark magics we're talking here. Well, dark magic was just my my editorizing. Uh, she didn't oh, specifically okay. say what, like, all she said was that the, the musk roses had brought the demonic influence into the house, into all the right. convent, I mean. Okay. So he had somehow bewitched them, and then the nuns taking the musk roses into the convent is how they all got possessed. You said bewitched, and then my head uh, went to... Pride and Prejudice and Demons. Okay. Was the whole that was that line? I think it's only from the movie, but the line from Darcy from Mr. Darcy or who I don't I've never fucking read Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> saying like you've bewitched me body and soul or something like that. Something Someone like out that. there is going to correct me because I have a lot yeah. of friends who are really into Jane Austen and mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. deeply apologetic for that. Yeah, so now I'm like I am shocked that we have not yet come across a story because we've actually read a few demon ones in parlor. And we haven't come across. We could always use some more demon ones. I want like yieldy, like occult demons, though. I don't want okay. like sexy new Las Vegas demons. I want like, <laughs> I want like a, a yieldy demon possession, but also romance. But I'm saying that like we haven't gotten Pride and Prejudice and demons. We have not had that, no. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm just so, throwing it out there. <laughs> obviously. Grandier was getting pretty sweaty about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He already had a shaky reputation in town, and he did not need to be accused of witchcraft. So he reached out to a friend, the Archbishop of Bordeaux, to help him out. And the Archbishop ordered that all of the exorcisms stop, and the nuns be sequestered, and doctors come and examine them, just to make sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. The possession symptoms seemed to abate a little bit during the time when the nuns were isolated from the town. 
Doctors came and examined the women and found that there was nothing physically wrong with them. Hmm. And that's all they would say. Hmm. While it's obvious to, I'm sure, some of the listeners and to some of the doctors as well, that some of them thought the nuns were faking it, actually saying that was risky business. Okay. To claim that the nuns were lying would be blasphemous to the church, and it would make fools out of the priests who had tried to exercise them. And to claim the women were suffering from some sort of psychological problem would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. It didn't help that all of the women in the convent were from wealthy, influential families. No one wanted to make an enemy of these people by publicly humiliating their daughters. Right. One dude actually did do that, though, uh, who was a Scottish Protestant doctor named Mark Duncan. He said that the possessions were all in the nuns' heads and they were a product of being isolated from people and fasting so much. So he's like, these are malnutritioned uh, cabin fever women and they're starting to see stuff. And people did not like that idea. (laughs) They ran Mark Duncan out of town. What else are you going to do? I mean, yeah. He's trying to put a stop to your fun demon possession exorcism show. Um, But also he's besmirching the good name of these nuns. Right, yes. By saying that they're hallucinating. Right, yeah. Since the only cause anyone would admit to was demonic possession, the exorcisms continued. Yeah. Yeah. The Catholic Church was actually big on having these public spectacles. Remember that divide I mentioned between the Catholics and the Protestants over the whole wall thing? Yeah. At the very beginning, the pre- the people of the town seeing Catholic priests openly exerting power over these possessed nuns would be like, huh, maybe the Catholic Church does have God's will behind them. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, again, the exorcisms continued. They yeah. got a, into a bit of a routine. The women would be brought out and tied to chairs. And then they would scream and writhe and the priests would do their priest thing and the, the demons thing. would get tired and give up. Okay. And then they would repeat the whole thing the next day. All right. Yeah. At one point, these exorcism shows drew a crowd of 2,500 people, including some that had traveled all the way from England just to see it. This went on for months. Wow. During that time, several demons were found to be chilling in the nuns. Do you want to hear some names? I do. So there was Asmodeus, you know, Asmodeus. Okay, yeah. Uh, Behemoth, standard. Okay, yeah. Zabulon. Oh, that's a new one. That's a new one. Coal of Impurity. I like that one. That one's fun. Alex. Just Alex? Just Alex. Okay, running out of ideas. And Dog's Dick. Really running out of ideas there. (laughs) I mean, at least I got creative there again at the end, but like. Yeah, they brought it back around. Uh, there were a bunch more of them, but those are just my favorites that I picked. Again, if you want to see a fun list of all of them, you can watch the Puppet History episode. It's very good. Okay. A representative of the king named Jean de... God, I hate this man's name. Le Bermont? <laughs> no, it's La Bardemont. La Bardemont. Okay. I'm going to have to say it again, so I got to get it right. Uh, Jean de Labardemont had originally been sent to Udon to deal with the whole tearing down the walls thing. Mm-hmm. And the local militia of anti-wall tearing people had stopped him. Okay. So he went back t- to Paris to tell the king about it. And while he was there, he was like, oh, and there's all these nuns that are possessed. It's pretty wild. It's fucking wild, man. It's crazy, man. And the king was like, huh, go back there and check that out. 
Hey, uh, can you report back to us? Yeah, uh, go check that out. Tell us your findings. And so he did. Oh, okay. He arrived back in Loudon in November of 1633. And he had Grandier arrested so that he couldn't run away while everyone was uh, being checked out. Just because, again, the nuns said that he had done it. Just like, okay. Just put him in prison so he doesn't run away. Sure. Okay. Uh, Le Bardemont then went around asking people about it, like saying, what do you know about the possessions? And people saying people started saying all kinds of nasty stuff about Grandier, uh, claiming that he was indecent and that he hung around the convent all the time. You know, just making some stuff up. Just wanted some some girlfriends, you know, like like girlfriend, like like <laughs> not girlfriends, like but like girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So Grandier got a signed, he signed a denial of all the charges and he gave it to Labardemont, who went back to Paris to tell them what was up. Grandier also had friends in Loudon who were all like, this possession stuff is totally fake. They're making it up. Mm -hmm. Grandier wouldn't do that. And one of them sent a letter to the Procurator General of Parliament, basically saying as much, basically being like, no, this is all BS. Grandier wouldn't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. But the letter was intercepted. Oh. It never arrived at its intended destination. Oh. Yes. So travel was super slow back in the olden days. So it took forever for Lebardemont to get back to Udon with a note from the king saying that he was officially in charge of this whole investigation. Okay. Because before the king was just kind of like, go check that out. And now the king's like, okay, no, go do some legal stuff or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. He made it back to town in May of 1664. So it's been over a year of the nun possessions. And this was conveniently the same time there was a major break in the case. Oh. The possessed nuns continued to claim that Grandier had bewitched them. But they said they had proof. Oh. They produced a document which was claimed to be the contract that Grandier had signed with Satan himself. Dun, dun, dun. Was it like signed in blood? Uh, y- yes, they said it was signed in blood, but also this oh. is where we're going to have the Patreon ad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, I'm dead. Brain you dead. You are. Brain dead. Uh, Mal- is Mal-, Mal present? Is there a Mal? Hello? Hello? Mr. Obama? You wish. I wouldn't mind having a conversation with Mr. Obama. Who amongst us would? El President Obama. Um, hi. Hey, how's hi, it going? Patreon time. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I, I also wanted to say I got a lot of response from a lot of people about last week's episode, and I'm glad people liked it. I had nice. a good time researching it. Very good. So it I'm glad. I'm glad for you, Mal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an us thing, but yeah, you, you get me. Yeah. 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 So we we did get a recommendation for something to do the Patreon that I think would be fun. I unfortunately don't remember who gave it to us, mm-hmm. but they will no doubt shout themselves out later. Mal, let me know if this if this works for you. Uh-huh. We say the Patreon ad one word at a time, going back and forth. <laughs> do you think you can do this? No, but will I anyway? Yes. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Let's go for it. So I feel like no frills. The gimmick here is just that we're doing it one word at a time each. Okay. We're going to try and tell everybody about the Patreon the best we can. 
Sounds good. Um, okay. Obviously, we're allowed to, you know, mess up and, and just, you know, laugh about it and have a good time. Yes. Yes. Also, I think the URL should be just considered one word. Oh, 100%. Please yeah, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash Colts Curves of Conspiracies is one whole word. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Let me know when you're ready. You start <clears throat> us off now. You start us off. Hey. Listeners. Have. You. Heard. About. Our. Patreon on patreon.com slash cults cryptids conspiracies. We have great bonus content that we give to you every month. So far, so good. So far, so, so, good. Far, okay, so good. Okay, okay. Feeling great. Feeling great. <laughs> All right, don't psych myself out. The first tier is. Five. What? Five. Is it? Is two. There you go. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing happened. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, two. Dollars. And. It. Is. Access. By. <laughs> Where do I go from here? <laughs> God? <laughs> On Discord. The second. <laughs> tier is the five dollar tier known as the bits <laughs> this is harder than it looks everybody <laughs> you have to keep going you have to keep going with extra audio that's cut out of the main podcast It is humorous and enjoyable? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Question mark? The third tier of the Patreon is the ten dollar tier. Which gives you two. You can do this, Mal. You can do this. It gives them to what? It gives them to what? Months. Early. Access. To. The. Parlor. Of. The. Paranormal. Which. Is. A. Trashy. Romance Novel Review Podcast About The <laughs> Relationships That 
ghosts and vampires and werewolves have with humans sometimes sometimes you can't say sometimes twice no you can't (laughs) no i said it you have to do a different word you have to do a different word the last tier is the 25 i'm gonna say that's one word dollar tier known as the librarian tier if one were to subscribe to the librarian tier they get power over the podcast hosts <laughs> they wield the choice of the book that we have to listen to for parlor of the paranormal and they make suffering (laughs) come to Mal as he also has to read slash listen (laughs) to the book chosen those (laughs) are our uh tears (laughs) on patreon.com slash cults cryptids conspiracies please subscribe we would love your money (laughs) and affection also (laughs) participation comma support (laughs) (laughs) thank you Man, I, uh, if someone pointed a gun to my head and said, you have to do this flawlessly, you die, I'd just be like, shoot me. We had some, okay, we did it sometimes. We We had it rolling. We had it rolling. There were some (laughs) words that you said that threw me, and there was one where I knew you were doing it on purpose. I don't know what you're talking about. Which word was it? I can't remember now, but I just know there was an evil gleam in your eye. (laughs) Was it the word wield or power? (laughs) Probably. Probably. I was trying to say the names of the tears, but we'd never got there. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. They can go to the Patreon and figure it out. Yes, you definitely should, listener. We really appreciate your support. If you just listen to the podcast and you do our $2 tier of the Crypt Cord, you'll have access to the Discord. If that's all you do, that's amazing. Honestly, yes. that really does help. We, we really appreciate it. We can't re-say them. We already said them in the bit, though. We can't re-say all the tears, Mel. I understand that. No, that's fine. I have yes. nothing else to tell the listeners. I never will tell the listeners anything ever again, except for I'm sure whatever episodes you guys are referencing in this podcast. 
So far, none. Really? Because last week was there a were a lot. lot. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot. And it was uh, partially my fault. Mm-hmm. But so far, so far, none. We'll see in the second half what it brings us. Ooh, yes. Ooh. I will return you to Chelsea. Uh, thank you, listeners. And I just want to say thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it. Whether you go to the Patreon or not, we, we really appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, someone someone messaged me on Discord about sending an email about an interview. Do it. Do it. Also, send us more Patreon skit ideas. Uh, I was actually thinking on my walk, I was like, if we don't have a Patreon idea, you could be my dad, and I can tell you about this new thing mm-hmm. I'm really into, and you're mm-hmm. like supportive, but very confused. That'll be next time. So if anything, we've got something. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, dad, I'll turn you over to Chelsea. Bye, son. <laughs> so. So. We were with the nuns. We were with the nuns, and they had a contract that they said Grandier signed with Satan. In blood. In blood. Well, not the actual contract. The actual contract signed by Grandier in his own blood was stored in hell with the devil, obviously. Right, obviously. This was a copy of that contract, which had also been signed by a whole host of other demons. Okay. It looks like total gibberish and scribbles to me, but apparently it's actual, actually a scribal abbreviation of Latin written backwards. I don't know why. Just for fun, I guess. Okay. Uh, in English, it reads... We, the influential Lucifer, the young Satan, Beelzebub, Leviathan, Elmi, and Azeroth, together with others, have today accepted the covenant pact. I should be doing a demon voice. Hold on. The <laughs> covenant pact of Urban Grandier, who is ours. And him do we promise the love of women, the flower of virgins, the respect of monarchs, honors, lusts, and powers. He will go whoring three days long, and carousal will be dear to him. He offers us once a year a seal of blood. Under the feet he will trample the holy things of the church, and he will ask us many questions. With this pact, he will live twenty years happy on the earth of men, and will later join us to sin against God. Bound in hell. It sounds like it needs a lozenge. In the council of demons. Lucifer, Beelzebub, Satan, Azeroth, Leviathan, Elemi. The seals place the devil, the master, and the demons, princes of the Lord. Balbareth, writer. I guess Balbareth was like the scribe or whatever. Do you want to see this thing? I do. I really do. We have pics. We got pics of it. Are you going to put them in uh, Messenger or in Google? I'm going to put it in Google. There you go. There's a link. Take a gander at that there contract. That looks fun. Right? Oh, that looks fun. Yeah. It looks like it looks like outer gibberish. Apparently it actually says words. And then it's just at the bottom where all the demon signatures are. I like it. It's just covered in like little scribbles and drawings and stuff. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So on the twenty third of June of sixteen where are we? Sixteen sixty four. Grandier was led from the prison that he had been kept in to the church where the exorcisms had been performed. His supporters were present as well, who backed him up in saying that the women were faking the whole thing. The higher-ups ordered that he try to do an exorcism on them himself. And he couldn't exactly say no? Yeah. So he stepped up and tried to do it. Suffice it to say, it did not work out well. Hmm. Oh, and I should mention that uh, Cardinal Richelieu, that dude who did not like Grandier, mm-hmm. he had gotten in on things. Oh, of course. 
He wasn't physically in Ludon, but he was personally bankrolling the exorcists. Okay. And his influence very much played a part in the proceedings to come. I mean, okay. Okay. Yeah. In August of 1634, I said 1664 before. It was supposed to be 1634. That's not a 30-year jump. That's just me making a mistake. In August of 1634, charges were officially placed against Urban Grandier. Mm -hmm. He was accused of making a pact with the devil and placing evil spirits to cause possession of the Ursuline monks. Mm -hmm. The trial was kind of a joke. The tribunal was largely made up of people who hated Grandier. Okay. Anyone who stepped up to testify on his behalf was shamed and ignored. Some were even accused of witchcraft themselves. Hmm. Jean d'Angers testified against him, including bringing up the devil contract he'd supposedly signed, as well as claiming that he had marks of evil influence on his body. What does that mean? So these were known as witches' marks. Okay. If you know things about, like, witch hunts, you may know things about them. Uh, a common one that they supposedly appear as is a third nipple. Okay. I. I... Yeah, that's a thing. Did you not know that? No, I have. That's okay. like, yeah, okay. I have heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So witches' marks. They're supposed to be, like, they can be a third nipple, but sometimes they could be, like, a freckle or a okay. mole. Okay. In if you were accused of witchcraft, those things were supposedly evil. Mm-hmm. So Jean said that he had two witches' marks. One was next to his anus, and the other was inside his testicles. How she knew about that one, who is to say? Okay. So a surgeon was brought to inspect Grandier for these witches' marks, a process that involved poking him with a needle. Poking him in the ass and balls with a needle. Don't think he was into that. No. (laughs) Suffice it to say, Grandier shrieked as he was inspected, which was apparently as good as admitting he was guilty. Because you stuck a pin in his asshole! Yeah, and into his balls. Like... That, yeah. That's just not fair. (laughs) When it became apparent that Grandier was going to be found guilty, Jean seemed to start feeling guilty about it. She apparently recanted her testimony and tried to say that she'd made the whole thing up. Okay. Two other afflicted nuns did the same thing. However, their recanting was seen as more demonic influence, with Grande bewitching them to lie about lying so that he could get set free. Okay. Yeah. He was found guilty on August 18th and sentenced to death. Oh, God. Apparently, out of guilt, Jean tried to hang herself, but she was prevented from doing so. How, how did they prevent her? Uh, they just stopped her from... They found her before she did it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Before he was put to death... Grandier was tortured to see if they could finally get a confession out of him. You know, the whole witch hunty thing. Jesus. And the method they chose was pretty hardcore. Oh, Uh, no. If you're squeamish, you might want to skip a couple of seconds, maybe. Okay. First, Grandier was subjected. I can't skip. You can't skip. You have to suffer. First, he was subjected to the extraordinary question which is a great euphemism for torture where they force the victim to drink so much water that they rupture organs. Uh, He was also subjected to the boot, sometimes called the Spanish boot, which was an iron vice filled with spikes that was heated red hot and then clamped around Grandier's legs. 
Somehow, despite all of this, Grandier refused to confess to anything and also refused to give up his faith in God. Oh, okay. Yeah, he um, was he was in it for the long haul, you know? I, I guess at some point he figured, they're, they're going to kill me if God's real. Probably shouldn't renounce him right before I Probably would supposedly not. go to heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was said to be burned at the stake not long after the torture, but he was told that he'd be hanged first so that he wouldn't be burning alive. I mean, I I would go for that. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah, but it's just like, okay. Yeah. He was also told that he would be allowed to address the crowd before his hanging. However, mm-hmm. at the gallows, several monks teamed up to throw holy water into his face the whole time so he couldn't talk. Okay. To add insult to injury, the priest, who had been tasked with giving him last rites, refused to do so and lit the pyre himself before Grandier could be hanged. So he was, in fact, burned alive. Chelsea's making a face that I don't know if I can properly describe. It's I, very concerned. I just... God, guys! Like, yeah, right? <laughs> shit! So you would think, with Grandier dead, with the hot, sexy priest dead... Right. That the possessions would stop. Well, no, of course not. Yeah, no, they didn't. Of course not. In fact, they continued for three more years. Weird how that happened. Crazy. However, as time went on, people started to get suspicious. They thought that the nuns might be, quote, addicted to exorcism, which to me is a euphemism for they liked the attention. Yeah. It didn't help that other than the exorcisms, it was noted that some of the nuns seemed to be otherwise going about their lives normally. So Mm -hmm. it was like, oh yeah, she's just a normal nun and then once a day she gets up on a stage and rides and screams about Satan or whatever. Which, I mean, it's, it's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Worried for the reputation of the church, Cardinal Richelieu stepped in and basically told them to wrap it up with their exorcisms and the possession stuff. He's hey, like, can, can we, we come on, can we speed let's, this up? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Public demonstrations stopped and a Jesuit priest named Jean-Joseph Serin was tasked with handling the possession from that point onwards. Okay. He arrived in Loudon in December of 1634 and worked with Jean especially for that whole time. Serin's method was to, instead of telling the demons to leave, invite them to possess him instead. And this seemed to work. Jean gradually started to, sh- uh, to show fewer and fewer signs of demonic influence, while Serin actually did start to get sick. Uh, Whether this was placebo or demons, who's to say? Stress? Uh, Maybe. Quote, The devil passed from the body of the possessed person and entered into mine, Serin claimed to a friend. Oh, I should have said that with a French accent. Next time. Oh, I was going to say, you want to try again? No, no, no. There's another quote that I can do. He claimed that he suffered from hallucinations, seizures, temporary paralysis, and a whole host of other physical symptoms. Uh, hang on. The temporary paralysis sounds like, uh, what's, what's sleep paralysis? It could be. Yeah. Could be sleep paralysis. He could be having night terrors. He could just be having a hard time, you know? Yeah. However, uh, Sarin never seemed to be possessed as the nuns did. Several other people, including two other priests, the judge at Grandier's trial, and the surgeon who inspected him, all later claimed to be affected by demonic possession and then died not long after. So Yeah, but were they old? That's a weird, fun coincidence. They are probably old, yeah. Yeah. It was also, you know, 
France in 1634 and like the There's plague. a lot of shit, yeah. There was a lot going on. Life expectancy wasn't high. Nah. By 1637, Jean de, Jean de Angers, Angers, I'm sure I've said it differently every single time. She was all better. Can't wait to Savannah, for Savannah to yell at us. <laughs> she was all better. Serin was chock full of demons. Everything was fine. Don't worry about him. He would struggle with his demon symptoms for about like 20 years, but then he got better and he would go on to have a pretty good life. She turned me into a newt. And I got better. <laughs> Except you were a newt for 20 years. That sucks, yeah. Yeah. He had he had some like symptoms of demon of all seven demons, like Azeroth or whatever was hanging out in his forehead for 20 years. Jean also came out of the experience pretty good. She framed the events as a sort of miraculous transformation. After the demons were purged from her, she claimed that mysterious writing appeared on her left hand. Four names were etched there. Jesus, Maria, Joseph, and Francis de Salle, who was a French saint who had recently died. Oh, okay. I was about yeah. to say, who the fuck is that? Yeah, uh, he's not, you know, well-known in history, I will say. Uh, he kind of, I think he got in there because he died recently. <laughs> okay. So he was just topical. It's kind of like when people, like, go through, uh, they'll they'll have, like, a famous ghost around them. They'll always throw one in there that, like, just died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her hand was seen as a sort of living holy relic. And Jean left the convent to tour France showing it off. She said that her guardian angel had appeared to her and told her that she needed to make a pilgrimage to the tomb of Francis de Salle. And on the way, the king and queen insisted on meeting her and seeing her hand. Okay. As did Cardinal Richelieu. And also crowds of up to 5,000 people a day. Again, not a lot to do in France. Um, yeah. But there was a woman with a magic hand that had names on it. It wasn't even a magic hand. It just had names on it. It had magic names on it that had magically appeared. There was like a mark from God or whatever. Had anyone she seen it magically appear? <laughs> she became almost like a saint herself, Jean did. Uh, she's also known, I've seen people refer to her as Joan of Angels. But if you look up Joan of Angels, or at least if you, if I did, I found um, a modern day medium slash psychic who calls herself Joan of Angels. Amazing future yeah. podcast topic. <laughs> uh, fun fact. In 1644, Jean released an autobiography where she discussed the events from her perspective. Quote, she told the story of her supernatural experiences not as deliverance through exorcism from demonic invasion instigated by the sorcerer Grandier, but as an absolving a mystic transformation of negative into positive possession. Um, because after all the demons left, she said she said that she was became full of angels. There was like a, a vacuum, I guess, and the angels came to fill it. Who's to say? Yeah, yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, you want to tell us what you were thinking about? Yeah, Chelsea? She had holes that needed to be filled. Yep. By the angels. I'm just thinking back to the conversation we had at your birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, what the fuck were we talking about when it was just like, all of us are going to hell? Yeah, yeah. Another fun fact. In 1645, a man named Balthazar de Monsigny, Monsignis? Can't remember how it's supposed to be said. 
Balthazar came to see the miraculous writing on Jean's hand, and he touched it lightly with his finger, smudging the M of Maria off. See, I thought she just fucking scarred her hand. Nah, nah, man. So several theories about why this all happened were raised. And the first is obviously that the possessions were real and that Grandier did bewitch them and everyone was telling the truth. Okay, let's put that in the no pile. Okay, fair. (laughs) (laughs) Another theory is that Jean d'Angers had become obsessed with Grandier and had sought to have him as the spiritual advisor of the Ursuline convent. When he refused, she saw this as a rejection. Unable to get over her obsession with him, she began to claim that he was an evil witch who had possessed her. So the the uh, Salem witch trials defense. Yeah, a little bit. Or the Salem witch trials theory, kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I think this predates the Salem witch trials, though. So you can yeah, say I can't that- remember. You could say that the witch trials uh, had the Loudon defense, perhaps. There you go. Okay. This theory was given some weight from Jean herself, who in her autobiography wrote, When I did not see him, I burned with lust for him. And when he presented himself to me, I lacked the faith to combat the impure thoughts and movements that I felt. Oh, so because I'm horny for this guy, he's the devil. Yes, she was she was real horny for Urban Grandier. Again, a dude she'd never met, but had been told was really hot. They were really fucking repressed. Also, he was like the rebel priest, you know, because he got a girl pregnant and he like fought against the church. And so he's like a bad boy. That voice you just had. (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're not. (laughs) So another theory, which is not mutually exclusive from the first one, is that the nuns were pressured by their families to behave as if Grandier had possessed them so that the church could get rid of him. I mean, that would be, you mean the second one? Or thir- yeah, sorry. Or, yeah. Not mutually exclusive from the second one, which was that Jean was horny for Grandier. Yeah. Um, third theory is that their, their parents basically pressured them to do it. Again, the Salem Witch Trials defense. A little bit, yeah. So Grandier had made himself powerful enemies in the form of Cardinal Richelieu and prominent members of Loudon's aristocracy. He was seen as an embarrassment by the Catholic Church. Considering how much obvious interference his detractors had over the whole thing, this is a pretty widely believed theory. The philosopher John Locke concluded, quote, The story of the nuns of Loudon was nothing but a contrivance of Cardinal Richelieu to destroy Grandier, a man he suspected to have written a book against him, who was condemned for witchcraft in the case and burned for it. The scene was managed by capuchins, and the nuns played their tricks well, but all all was a cheat. I don't know what the capuchins thinks about. It might have been a racist statement. Who's to say? I know, because I'm like, like monkeys? I, I think it's like people. Maybe monkeys? I don't know. He was basically saying that it was like, if you go with the monkeys thing, it was like the whole thing was a circus made up by Cardinal Richelieu to get Grandier killed. Are there also Capuchin people? Yeah. Oh, I I just, the my monkeys is where my mind immediately went. I think there, I don't, I don't know if it's called Capucha, but I know that, I think that there is, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I'm having a memory. We're going to look something up. Like, calling people monkeys has a very long and racist history, so I could still see the racist aspect somehow in there. Hold on, no, it's not. So, uh, the Capuchin monkeys are named after a order of Roman Catholic friars. 
because oh. uh, they wear a specific kind of cow that the Capuchin Friars. So the monkeys are named after them. I feel like we've had this conversation before. Maybe. I think that's the memory that I, I was having. Yeah. So Jean Locke was saying um, that it was managed by like the it was a conspiracy within the Catholic Church. OK. OK. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. I'm sorry, John Locke. I didn't mean to cast aspersions upon you, except uh, you should absolutely know about the crazy stuff John Locke got up to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, in this instance, in specifically, this instance, Mal will insert the episode about the Hellfire Club here. That would be episode 28. Fun times. However, it is possible that his detractors also just jumped on the opportunity the nuns presented to screw him over once they started to accuse him. So it's possible that, like, they just saw the nuns accusing him and were like, oh, we can take advantage of this. Yeah. Several movies and books have spawned from these events, as well as a play called The Devils in 1961, hmm. based on the novel The Devils of Loudon by Aldous Huxley. Oh, the same person who wrote Brave New World. That is he? Probably. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I know... Aldous Huxley did Huxley. Hang on. Look up Aldous Huxley. Blah, 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 blah. Try saying Aldous Huxley three times fast. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. That was four times, and I think the third time you slurred it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, let me just make sure it's Brave New World. Oh, Aldous Huxley bibliography. Uh, yeah, it's Brave New World. Nice, very good. And then what did you say the story was called? Uh, the Devil. It's called The Devils of Loudon. Let me just see. Apparently, it's pretty good. It was published like 20 years after Brave New World. Nice. Almost exactly 20 years after. Nice. Yeah. And it's a considered film? nonfiction, so it was a nonfiction. Yeah, because it's it's just a retelling of the events. Right. I'm not Because it's, it's not like uh, Julius Caesar, the play, where it's like no. kind of a fictionalized. It's just a straight retelling of the event. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a film of the same name was released in 1971. This one was kind of a dramatized, fictionalized version. Mm -hmm. And it has a rating of 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty good movie, apparently. I did not watch it. Uh, and I also didn't have time to read The Devils of Loudon. I just did my research elsewhere. But I kind of want to now. Because this was crazy. 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 Uh, so one hot priest got burned alive and a nun became a saint, basically, with a magic hand. Uh, you know, she should have been smarter about the magic hand thing. She should have actually scarred herself because, like, fuck it. Just, I mean, uh, nobody yourself. caught on. Nobody caught on, Except for dude. the one guy who was like, hmm, the M got smeared. Yeah, but that's just one dude. She went on, she retired to Loudon as, like, a holy figure. Like, people, for the rest of her life, people were all about her. Okay, fair. Because she got possessed by dog's dick once upon a time. Uh, just think of better names. <laughs> Other than Alex? Uh, that's just boring. So what is our takeaway from this, Chelsea? Dude, don't... Just because you're mad at someone doesn't mean you have to ruin their fucking life. I think, I think actually this is a really good modern takeaway is don't blame somebody for how horny they make you. Oh, absolutely. That is like ongoing problem yeah. in society that's just a human forever a, a common human problem it is not somebody else's fault that they make you horny that's on you bro you don't get to say they're a witch because they make you horny yeah i mean also don't like the, the modern equivalent of that is don't fucking sexually assault someone because they make you horny that too 
Yeah. Uh, don't get mad at people because you're pent up. Um, it's not their fault. It's not Urban Grandier's fault that he was a hot rebel nun, uh, not nun, a hot rebel priest that made all the nuns swoon. Not his fault, but he did get burned alive for it. This is a cautionary tale. Don't be the nuns. Don't be the nuns. Don't be the nuns. God, you could easily do like a modern retelling of this historical event. You could. How would you do the burned alive part, though? Or the torture part, though? I mean, you're putting me on the spot here. It's like mm-hmm. something you have to workshop to figure out. That's fair. We'll we'll table this for now. We'll come back with a treatment for it later. I'll put it on the pile of the other ideas that I have that I want to make treatments <laughs> for. Solid. But that's all I have for you today. The Possessions of Loudon, A Crazy Time. There's a bunch of media about it. You can go look it up if you want to know more. But uh, for now, we're going to move on to a segment of the podcast that we call Correspondence and Corrections. But first, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Twitter. The Twitter. First, let's give a shout out to Blank Spaces 84 and our meme lord Kino for sending us some quality memes. They doth provide. The memes will provide. Yes. Like the spice will flow. They they floweth our cup overfloweth with memes. I haven't even seen Dune yet. I read Dune uh-huh. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I do not remember a single fucking thing from that book. Well, you have time to re- re-experience it. I could. Shout out to Donald Gold KY who shouts our show out as a recommendation. Yeah. Thank you so much. They called us two really smart ladies. Aw. We fooled you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Kino also wants to shout out you specifically, Chelsea, for teaching them about the t- uh, Tulsa Massacre. And now they're teaching their seventh graders. Good. Yeah. It's important that people know about it. The Tulsa Massacre was bad. Very. Also, more. Okay, more memes. More memes. At Froyo Slut has given a representation of me. From, for this month? Uh, what I love about this is this was tweeted at us before last week's episode went up. So this was tweeted at us before we talked about No Contact November. Are we sure? Yeah, because it was the fourth and uh, it didn't go up until the fifth. Froyo Slut has sensed it. I may, Yeah. I, they, they have psychic powers. Basically, the account ye underscore ha says, no noise November. Do not speak to me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up all month long. Yep, that's me in in November. No contact November. Hell yeah. So at Datfire Princess says, Hey, at C3 Podcast, listening to the episode about reality shifting, seems a large section of that is anime nerds. Don't they realize that the only way to get to a new world is to be... Isekai'd. Isekai'd after a faithful encounter with Truckkun? Enjoy the podcast. I I had to explain this to you, Chelsea. Yes, I had to explain this to you. Please... Please uh, transfer this weeb to nerd, like in- weeb to nerd English. Okay, so isekai is a okay. is a genre of anime and manga, which is basically a fish out of water story. A person being trans 
transported to an alternative universe or world where they are like the fish out of water. Usually it's somebody being transported to like a fantasy world where their knowledge of the modern day helps them. Okay, so this does happen in, in you know, media that I have consumed. I just yes, have not yes, heard yes, this yes. phrase before. The, the anime manga equivalent is the genre isekai. There is a popular thing happening. So, you know, manga is the term for print comic. Yeah. Uh, there is a term for web comics, which is manhwa. And there is a genre right now. There's a, a boom right now of manhwa, which are isekai, wish fulfillment for women where the narrative point like the the how am i going to say this the method of arriving at the fantasy world that you're being transported to is getting hit with a semi truck <laughs> you're in the modern day a woman in the modern day gets hit by a semi truck and then wakes up in the fantasy world and that happens a lot the, the semi-truck specifically as a narrative device happens a lot so often that people started calling him truck cunt. Layers. There's just layers. There's layers. Yeah, there's layers. Thank you, Fire Princess. Okay. More memes from Kino. Oh, this is a mood, though. Is it the bees? I don't want to... No, it's I don't want a career. I want to wear a fancy robe covered in stars and dispense confusing and ambiguous advice to passing travelers from a large stone cottage on the edge of the woods where I live with a parliament of owls. That's pretty great. That's a mood. At Blank Spaces 84 sends us bees and also says hello to Tabor and Yuha. Utah. Yuha? Yuha. Yeehaw. Yuha. No, apparently you're both from Utah. Me. Yeah. Be friends. There's a correction. The jack-o'-lantern pick I shared with you was, in fact, not two pumpkins stacked on top of each other, but a single pumpkin from my garden that just grew. A little different. Banana for scale. So it's a pumpkin with an hourglass figure. Ooh, a sexy pumpkin. It's a sexy pumpkin with a banana for scale. <laughs> a hot, sexy one, rebel pumpkin. This one. Calling you specifically out, Christina. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How long are we going to keep pretending that we know what an engineer does? Do you know what I do, Chelsea? Vaguely. So vaguely. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how I like it. I know. Do you know what I do, Christina? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know pretty much exactly what you do. You make space things. <laughs> Thank you, Lost Boys. Okay. To be fair, I yes. know, like, generally what you do. I do mm -hmm. not know. Like, you'll talk about work and my brain will shut off because yeah. I'm not smart enough to understand it. <laughs> But to be fair, all of us complain about our work. And sometimes I complain about things and all of you are like, I don't, those words are English. I don't understand what they mean in a sentence. Yeah, it's just nuance. It's just everybody gets into the granular bit, you know? Yeah. Jazz Doves also says Bigfoot are fae confirmed um, because most Bigfoot sightings are egregious. I can't pronounce I this word egregores manifested by the popularity of the patterson gimlin film and are more akin to poltergeist hauntings than physical manifestations so essentially we see bigfoot because we believe in bigfoot bigfoot are fey bigfoot are fey um more memes oh at kino oh sorry oh i'm sorry. sorry there's one before that oh oh god at knit alama sends us a thread on mlms and cinema chris Kirsten Cinema. Yep. Or Cinema, sorry. Cinema. So, I don't know how you're what you're saying, and I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Great. If you wanted to hate Kirsten Cinema more, 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's tied to not one, not two, but three different MLMs. That's fun. Sanima has taken money from the parent company of Amway, the executive chair of Mary Kay, and Herbalife. All of which sucks. God, that woman sucks. Yeah. It's like, it's like a fucking monkey's paw. Where, like, we wished for a bisexual woman to be elected to Congress, but she ended up being shitty. <laughs> yeah. We can't, you can never win, you know? Yeah. Our Bummersville historian on World War One, Kino says that the story from Franz Ferdinand, the whole sandwich thing about the assassins going to lunch, was likely apocryphal, unfortunately. It lives on in our hearts, but it was most likely not historically accurate. I want to believe. We all want to believe. Also... Oh, that's uh, the date. Okay. Yeah. JFK's assassination date was November 22nd. Okay. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah. And QAnon may legitimately not actually know that. It's fair. Yeah. Kino also wants to let us know that they were specifically Merlin from the Sword in the Stone cartoon for Halloween. Remember the wizard costume? Yeah. Amazing. Very good. Thank you, Kino. Now on to emails. Emails. Chelsea, would you like to read me an email? I would love to. I would delight. Probably like one. Yeah. All right, this is from Bummersville Residence cartoonist Kaylee Rowena. She's the one that made our shirt. Our, our shirt. Yeah. Which I love very much. The seance shirt, the limited run seance shirt, which uh, are exclusive now. So if you got one, you're one of the Congrats. only people who did. Yeah. Hey, gals, pals, and mouths. I'm on a five hour bus ride listening to the latest podcast. And the topic reminded me of some of my dad's weird beliefs. So I'm here to share the conspiracy theories that I was raised with. Always Hell fun. Hell yeah. The bare bones of the happy science origin story for humanity have a pretty similar vibe to what my dad taught me was true when I was a little kid. He thought okay. that a bunch Yeah, great start. He yeah. thought that a bunch of aliens fled their dying home planet, came here, and that's what the humans are. Oh, okay. that's actually right. not super That's not uncommon. crazy. Yeah, that's not that's not that crazy. Okay. That's, that's fine. also like was your dad just like really into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also, as I found out in high school, didn't believe in evolution. Okay. Okay. Well, All right. We're going back a little bit. All right. Apparently, the aliens already looked exactly like we do today. And when they showed up here, he almost joined Scientology when he and my mom were honeymooning in Vegas. But I think they didn't have enough money, so they dodged that bullet at least. Nice. Very good. He still made us watch Ancient Aliens as a family bonding activity when I was growing up. And he acted as if everything on that show was definitely true. Oh, as, yeah. Kaylee Rowena. As you can imagine, I said some real weird stuff in elementary school science classes thinking everything my dad taught me was completely true. And it's made conversations about parents, religions, slash what my religious upbringing was very strange now that I'm an adult. I usually describe it as my dad being kind of in an alien cult, even though it wasn't as organized as a cult technically would be, just because that's easier. My mom's side of the family is just Jewish and Christian, so at least not all of it is bonkers. I haven't spoken to my father in around six or seven years now, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was also into QAnon conspiracies now. I know I heard from someone that he voted for Trump, at least. Hope y'all are doing well. It's been ages since I emailed in, but I still listen every week and look forward to having new episodes to get me through my commute to work. Love from Bummersville's resident cartoonist, Kaylee Rowena. Aw, thank you. Um, sorry about I'm your dad. Sorry. sorry about your dad and the weird party conversations that you have to have. But also, but good also. on you for going no contact. 
Yeah. And you know what? Now you have a fun story where you can be like, I watched a lot of ancient aliens as a kid. Mm-hmm. 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 So I think that's where we're going to end it today. Yes. But thank you, Christina, for a oh. long subject that didn't suck. I, I see. I tried to bring you some levity. Yeah. And thank you to Sylvie for pushing me to do it. For recommending it. Yeah. Yeah. We love when you send us your stories. We love when you send us your memes. So you should send us basically everything. If you got corrections, if you got something that you want to tell us, anything under the sun, please feel free to shoot that right our way. You can email us at cultscriptedsconspiracies at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter at C3 Podcast. I just like blanked out for a second there. You needed to boot up a second. Yeah. 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 yeah I did. <laughs> We also have a Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 3C's team. That's twitch.tv slash T-H-R-E-E-S-E-A-S-T-E-A-M. And we have a website where you can find all the links to everything as well as past episodes and our P.O. Box address. Coldscriptedconspiracies.com. You can also find like pictures of our pets there. Yeah. Uh, and... If you want to, you could start saying that like a ghost appeared and started telling you about the podcast or that the podcast has some kind of bewitched you perhaps. Um, and now you are possessed by demons and the demons really want other people to listen to the podcast. I mean, why not? Why not? We're probably not going to be burned at the stake these days. Probably not. So you you should be good to go with Hope just saying that. eternal. Yeah. One, one assumes. <laughs> so yeah feel free feel free to say that um the podcast possessed you that'd probably be fun yeah sure why not yeah all right <laughs> goodbye christina bye chelsea bye, bye mal. mal i can still hear his voice Do 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 do